Brought to you by Feitner Productions. Our world is but a single pixel in an infinite LED jumbotron display. We are each but a single photon expiring upon perception in the eye of the beholder. We light beings call ourselves humanity. We are illuminated by laws which guide our way through darkness. One man adjudges himself the bringer of light, serving truth with delicacy and wit. He's a lawyer, better known as Lucifer's comedy writer. Beyond unreasonable doubt and verboten productions present laying down the law. With Billy DeClerc, your host, that's me. Welcome to Laying Down the Law, the podcast where, like any improv show presented at UCB, the Second City, or the Groundlings, we start with a suggestion to improvise a completely unscripted comedy. But here, the suggestion comes from real legal cases that real law students read in real law schools. After we perform a completely improvised and made up comedy scene or scenes, we get real and find out what our guests are really like. But before we meet today's guests, I need to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Siegfried Hoynes, PhD. He's a distinguished professor of nihilism and a Zen meditation teacher. In this difficult time, we all need a healthy dose of nihilism in all of our meditations. So please uh, get connected with Dr. Hoynes today. Hello, I'm Siegfried Hoynes, meditation teacher and a distinguished professor of nihilism at Zed Online University, I am thrilled to share with you today that I am launching my new app, the Nothing Matters app, social media overlay system. The Nothing Matters app applies the wonders of artificial intelligence to keep you mindful of the fact that true existence is meaningless and all knowledge is at its core impossible. Now, how many times have you been scrolling social media and someone's posts? Maybe it's a party you are not invited to attend? Or a picture of a delicious meal you did not get to eat? Or someone posting about some favorite political cause you do not agree with? If you are tempted, Comment, we are nothing but an insignificant speck. The Nothing Matters app can help. Instead, you can simply remain mindful of our utter insignificance in the cosmos while simultaneously obeying social conventions with an auto-generated comment, such as living your best life, or delicious, or thanks for sharing, Or suppose, for example, you see your best friend Jerry on the beach in Cabo San Lucas with Charlotte. Jerry's looking fit and tan, wearing a super hot speedo. And Charlotte has the same bathing costume she bought her on her fifth wedding anniversary. And you need to comment on the post. Ich bin thirsty. Ich muss ein Apfel haben. Ich weiß nicht, was soll das von Deutschen? bin. Nine. Instead, you can rely on the Nothing Matters app because 
nothing matters anymore. Nothing. Nothing. How is this? What is this? We're not going to return it. No, no. I just use that one. Hunches! See, nothing matters, sir. It's available everywhere. I'd like to introduce my returning guest host. She's an actor, a podcaster, and an improviser, a graduate of the Upright Citizens Brigade in Los Angeles Training Center, host of the hit podcasts, Super Squirrel Conversations, and Guide for Clueless Rich People. Welcome back to the podcast, third time guest host, Kathy yeah. Eller. Thank you, thank you, Billy. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. Next, I'm over the moon thrilled to welcome to the podcast an actor, writer, director, improviser, coach at the UCB Training Center, where he was seen in New York City at Herald Night with the teams Fluffy, Sleuth, Coworkers, and Greg, and on Lloyd Night with Big Revival and Hotspur, and in UCB LA with Ghost. He's a writer who regularly contributes to McSweeney's and other publications. He's also a co-creator, co-star, and co-writer of the web series Quest for an Unknown Planet and the web series Magic Phone, shot in pieces 11 years apart in which his 2014 self was able to speak with his 2003 self. In 2019, back when there was still theater, he was co-writer of Rainier Falls, an immersive theater experience where he wrote a multi-track script, developed sound design and original music. I first discovered him as a host of the brilliant deep dive podcast for improvisers, Improv Beat by Beat, which remixes conversations from top improvisers organized thematically. I'm pleased to welcome to the podcast the very talented Mr. Curtis Rutherford. Hello, hello. Welcome. How's it going, Billy? Hey, Kathy. Hello. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to start out with reading a case from uh, the first couple of months of law school. If you have questions or it doesn't make sense, um, or you want to say something funny, you just jump right in. Meanwhile, I'll put on my spectacles. I, I, I do warn you, Billy, I'm going to be better at this because I did watch Legally Blonde before coming here. So good, like prep work. Get prep work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> exactly. Well, this is from the Court of Appeals of New York, the year is 1939. Two junk collectors, a brother and sister, were walking eastward along the Sunrise Highway, a major route connecting New York City and Long Island. There were no sidewalks, and they could not use the grass center strip because they were transporting junk in baby carriages that would have gotten mired in soft ground. Now, a 1933 statute provided that you should keep to the left of the center line, and they were not on the left, they were on the right. So... That means like the, they were going with the cars? With the cars instead of against the cars. Oh, so they, the cars are coming from their back. Right, the cars are coming from oh. behind them. Mm -hmm. They were supposed to be on the other side of the, the street side, walking yeah. toward the traffic, but they're junk-filled baby carriages um, that couldn't go on the center line. And uh, apparently there was a lot of traffic. So they decided to go on the other side of the road. Do, do, when they say junk, do they mean like scrap metal or? Um, what the case says is junk. I think it's probably <laughs> it's probably scrap metal. It's probably um, you know it's just junk. I, yeah. I, I I always wonder about this case. Like, what kind of junk do people put in baby carriages? What kind of people put junk in baby carriages? It's also a very judgmental term for the courts to yeah. throw out there. Look at this junk, you guys. Are... Well, and I, I, it's a brother and sister duo too, and these are particularly uh -huh. individuals. They're very enterprising um, family. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's Sunday night and there was very heavy traffic um, heading westbound back to New York City, but very few cars going east. The two were walking eastward on the edge of the eastbound lane when they were hit from behind by defendant's Ooh. car. Ooh. That's rough. Wait, what year was this? 39. 1939. Okay, so there was a thing of Sunday drivers back then. Like they would only drive once, oh man. Yeah, they weren't expecting to see junkers and baby with this <laughs> on the side of the road either. So, um, you know, we laugh now, but- um, Yeah, oh yeah, it's horrible. It's quite traumatic for the, the junk yeah. collecting community. Um, so the trial judge entered judgment, the plaintiff's verdict, which means that the plaintiffs won and got money. Um, and it, they appealed to the middle level of appeals, the appellate division. On this appeal, the defendant, who is uh, Elman, does not contest his negligence, but he argues that both pedestrians were contributorily negligent as a matter of law. So as a matter oh. of law means the jury, the ju jury doesn't get to decide if the judge can throw it out. Wait. What? Okay, so they got a jury verdict for, for the junk collector, brother and sister. And he's saying that because they broke the law, you can throw it out and award them no money. Oh, wow. As a matter of law. So when a judge overturns a jury, they say it's as a matter of law, as opposed to the facts. So the jury is the trier of fact, the judge determines the law. And so he's saying here, it's a matter of law. Now. The appellates lean heavily upon Martin versus Herzog, which is the case we did last week. And oh. it will drop, yeah, it'll drop um, between now and when this episode goes. Um, and kindred cases in the principle. The analogy is incomplete. The established rule, now, I'm just gonna tell you the established rule of Martin versus Herzog, which is this. If you're breaking the law, that means you're negligent per se. So you're, you're already negligent because you're doing something that's against the law. In the case of Martin versus Herzog, it was a buggy traveling without a light. And the light was required by law. Since it didn't have the light, they broke the law. They were therefore negligent. So it's not like jaywalking. Is jaywalking the same thing? Like Well, that's what this case explores is whether jaywalking is the same as driving a buggy without a light. Uh, uh, is it walking on the I, wrong side of the road? I accidentally put two and two together. <laughs> you accidentally have a brilliant legal mind. It is legally, legally blonde was the right yeah, preparation for this. It Absolutely. was. <laughs> yeah, so the question is whether the, the established rule should not be weakened either by subtle distinctions or by extension beyond its letter or spirit into a field which by the very terms of the hypothesis, it can have no proper application. Oh boy. Yeah, that was so a lot. We're of gonna break jargon. that sentence down. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> jargon. Just the 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 established rule should not be weakened by subtle distinctions or by extension beyond letter or spirit into a field where, by the very terms of the hypothesis, it can have no proper application. So, so because of Herzog, we know. Hey, if your buggy doesn't have a light, you are negligent. That right. has been established. Oh. And here they're saying, like, wait, but if we apply it to this area. Basically, is that a problem? Like, yeah, will that exactly. be a problem? Are we then fucking over the rest of law <laughs> everywhere? Because now whatever, <laughs> people can wander to the freeways or you can drive off the freeway into a mall and say, well, that, the mall it... was a road now. Yeah, <sighs> exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly the question they're asking. And so we here's the time where the, the judges get to philosophize. Which when you're a judge, that's what you live, <laughs> that's what you live for. <laughs> At times, the indefinite and flexible standards of care of the traditional reasonably prudent man may be, in the opinion of the legislature, 
an insufficient measure of the care which should be exercised to guard against a recognized danger. So in other words, the law is applying the reasonable prudent man standard to the situation. So, and because there was no sidewalk, that's why it's a problem? We haven't gotten there yet, but they're oh. saying that the legislature, when they say you gotta have a light on your buggy, they're uh -huh. saying like, that's something that makes sense. Like you should do that anyway. The law gotcha. is what you ought to do anyway. Yeah. At and you should walk against traffic anyway. Well, that's the question. Walking with or against traffic, is that the same thing as having a light on your buggy? At times the duty is imposed by custom that no man shall use what is his to the harm of others provides an insufficient safeguard to the preservation of the life or the limb or property of others. Then the legislature may by statute prescribe additional safeguards and may define duty and the standard of care in rigid terms. And when the legislature has spoken, the standard of the care required is no longer what the reasonable prudent man would do under the circumstances, but what the legislature has commanded. Oh, wow. That is the rule established by the courts and quote, by the very terms of the hypothesis, the rule applies where the legislature has prescribed safeguards for the benefit of another that he may be preserved in life or limb. In that field, debate as to whether the safeguards so prescribed are reasonably necessary is ended by the legislative fiat. Obedience to that fiat cannot add to the danger, even assuming that the prescribed safeguards are not reasonably necessary. And where the legislative anticipation of dangers is realized and harm results through heedless or willful omission of the prescribed safeguard, injury flows from the wrong and the wrongdoer is properly held responsible for the consequent damages. Hmm. That's like if today, because we have, we have signs that say, cars only on highways. So if someone was walking that they're, they're ignoring the signs, so they're automatically will always be the one that the judgment is like, mm -mm, you're in the wrong. Is that like it? Well, right. And like your case in episode two, remember there was mm -hmm. no sign saying that oh, there was electrical wires. And you right. Yeah. So, so when the legislature is enacting something that protects life and limb anyway, then, then there's a, it makes sense that following the law doesn't make you make there be any more danger than there would right. be otherwise. Okay. Right. So, so they're saying sometimes being careful is the same thing that the law tells you to do. And sometimes to be careful, you have to break the law. Mm. Okay. This is, this is what the, the point of this case is. Sometimes being careful means break the laws. You got to break the rules to follow the rules. Right. So the statute upon which the defendant rely, the defendants rely is of a different character. It does not prescribe additional safeguards which pedestrians must provide for the preservation of the life or limb or property of others or even themselves, nor does it impose upon pedestrians a higher standard of care. What the statute does provide is rules of the road to be observed by pedestrians and by vehicles so that all those who use the road may know how they and others should proceed, at least under usual circumstances. A general rule of conduct and specifically a rule of the road may accomplish its intended purpose under usual conditions, but when the unusual occurs, strict observance may defeat the purpose of the law and produce catastrophic results. Mm -hmm. 
Negligence is failure to exercise the care required by the law. Where a statute defines the standard of care and safeguards required to meet a recognized danger, then, as we have said, no other measure may be applied in determining whether a person has carried out the duty of care imposed by law. Failure to observe the standard imposed by a statute is negligence as a matter of law. On the other hand, <laughs> so this is just saying when the, when, just the, like... when the standard of care is the same as the law, then breaking the law is, be, is failing to meet the standard of care, therefore you're negligent, right? So I should walk on the sidewalk because that's the law, but I assume it's going, if the sidewalk leads into a crocodile infested swamp, <laughs> perhaps I don't need to follow the law in that case. Right, right. And if, the law, and if the law says, do not enter crocodile infested swamps, then following the law is following your standard of care. Absolutely. And oh, if you wow. walk into that crocodile-infested swamp, despite the fact that it's against the law, and despite the fact that it's against common sense, don't try and sue the owner of the crocodile-infested swamp for but your own negligence you, in entering it. But if you're going there to save a baby, that's good to go against the law. Well, it might be good, but it might not get you <laughs> in court. Sure. But you save a baby. <laughs> but wait, but what if the crocodiles are outside of the swamp? Oh. Normally, and so to avoid the crocodiles, you have to go illegally into, into the, the swamp. crocodile swamp. <laughs> That's exactly the case we have here. Exactly what we have here. On the other hand, where a statutory general rule of conduct fixes no definite standard of care, which would under all circumstances tend to protect life, limb, or property, but merely codifies or supplements a common law rule, which has always been subject to limitations and exceptions, or where the statutory rule of conduct regulates conflicting rights and obligations in a matter calculated to promote public convenience and safety, then the statute, in the absence of clear language to the contrary, should not be construed as intended to wipe out the limitations and exceptions which judicial decisions have attached to the common law duty. So if common sense and the statute in opposition, the law can't make you behave stupidly to your mm. own. Nor should it be construed as an inflexible command that the general, remember we're talking about which side of the road they're supposed to be. Yeah. Talking, and that the, it's against the law to walk with the traffic. They're supposed to walk Against into the traffic. Into, right. yeah, so you like, see the car coming. Commuter traffic with a junk cart. They're supposed to be on the other side of the road. So that's what- Right. And they're saying essentially, oh, that this is a style of law where they're essentially codifying quote unquote common sense, right? It's like, it's oh, a, this is what we tend to do. Right. And the question is, are the rules of the road saying you walk on the, you walk with traffic or against traffic, something that's necessary to protect life and limb and property? Yeah. Or is it simply a way of organizing things that doesn't necessarily have to do that? And it's okay to break the law sometimes. Oh. Okay. Oh. We may assume reasonably that the legislature directed pedestrians to keep to the left of the center of the road because that would cause them to face traffic approaching in that lane and would enable them to care for their own safety better than if traffic approached them from the rear. Mm -hmm. That's a fancy way of saying you better off if you can see the cars coming. Yeah. <laughs> we cannot assume reasonably that the legislature intended that a statue enacted for the preservation of life or limb of pedestrians must be observed when observance 
would subject them to a more imminent danger. In other words, walking into oncoming traffic. Right. Even under that construction of the statute, a pedestrian is of course at fault if he fails without good reason to observe the statutory rule of conduct. The general duty is established by the statute and deviation from it without good cause is wrong and the wrongdoer is responsible for damages resulting from his wrong. In each action, the judgment should be affirmed with costs. So who won? Who won cause? Who what does won? That mean? The judgment was affirmed. Okay, so I'm going back to what the judgment was. Plaintiff's verdict. Okay. So the plaintiffs won. And the plaintiffs were the, I assume, by the way, still alive uh, brother and sister junk? <laughs> yes, because it would have said decedent at some sure. point. Okay. Yeah. So yes, they're still alive. They were injured. Uh, cars weren't as dangerous then as they were, nor was the, nor was the um, I've never been on the Sunrise Highway, not having been from New York, but- I um, assume it became a different highway. Probably because- And, yeah, the Long Island and probably because, yeah. as I always think, that everyone in the before us, 1939, they were all drunk, and it's easier to fall when you're drunk. Sure, absolutely. They would have been. They would have been easily knocked over. And everybody knows. Yeah, you know, I don't think everybody junk collectors out to defend their good name. At yeah. least no listeners to this podcast. How can you be sober and a junk collector? That's. I think that's one of the questions that are worth asking. So the judgment <laughs> is affirmed because they were not contributorily negligent as a result of walking on this wrong side of the road. Mm -hmm. because the reasoning, if you boil it down, is if you're walking in traffic, that's stupid. Yeah. And if you're not walking in traffic, that's not so stupid. So even though you're supposed to walk into traffic, don't walk into traffic if you're going to die stupidly. Like, it'll be like <laughs> my cousin Vinny version. Look, if it's stupid, don't do it. If it's a stupid <laughs> law, you should break it. It's how it works, you know? You just, like, I give you the... You know, my cousin visiting you know, on Court of Appeals. Yeah, you know, it would have been stupid for them to be pushing their baby buggies into the oncoming traffic. You know, they, they got to walk on the other side of the road. There are not as many cars, you know. Nobody was <laughs> expecting this car to come from behind. But, I mean, like any driver, like, I, I, I believe people deep down will think the same way I think. Um, when you're driving, you're like, oh, there's stupid pedestrians, like, ugh. But then when you're a pedestrian, you're like, ugh, the stupid drivers. So I feel like I could be pro and pro and against this verdict too. Like as a pedestrian, I'm like happy, like that they understand like it's dangerous. But then as a car driver, I'm like, oh, so they can just come from any direction. But yeah. it doesn't sound like they were like jumping out into the street, right? Like right. the direction they were moving probably didn't have a huge effect on how, I mean, yes, they could have seen oncoming cars, but if they had seen you coming, them pulling right. their junk uh, buggies away, I wonder, probably wouldn't have happened super quickly. Do we know anything about the driver? Like what they were? Because like being a brother and sister junk team seems seems like pitter pretty character that they're up yes. to something. <laughs> yeah, was this like uh, Daisy from Great Gatsby? Like what kind of, uh... yeah, no. exactly. Like, I feel like this was like a, no. a drunken yeah. socialite. Exactly. Yeah, well, I think in our version, that's who uh, the driver could be. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I I mean, I, I still think this happens today. You know, this is so weird that this case could actually 
you know, happen again. But I mean, we do have sidewalks pretty much everywhere. But there's places where it's like, I mean, especially in Los Angeles where the sidewalks <laughs> randomly <Yeah>. end. Um, <laughs> if if uh, you need like some sort, any sort of different accessibility, yeah. it's like, oh, well, this sidewalk is just all roots and, uh, oh, you're in a wheelchair? Good luck, buddy. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my so goodness. So that part could definitely happen. Uh, by yeah. the way, Sunrise Highway is now uh, Highway 27. It's like it goes along the south side of uh, Long Island. So I guess that's oh, why wow. it's Sunrise Highway. You can like see the sunrise along it. Oh, wow. What does all the cases seem to take place in New York? This has been specially chosen for you, Kathy, uh, being that you're from PA. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. So uh, I don't call it Pennsylvania, it's PA. It's you know. PA, man. Delco. Delco helped. This election, man, we were very, we were in the news. I was very excited. <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. Um, was there uh, just like a lot more like, was, I guess, whatever, the Court of Appeals all right. the way up, just like more, the, the New York one more important as far as setting precedent that you tend to study more cases from there? Or is it just... Right. And the, the law, you know, the, the, these are the really old cases that they teach in law school because it, it sort of builds on itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so these early cases um, kind of establish standards that we look to um, and the whole idea that we um, maintain precedent. Yeah. You look back at the case and say, well, what did they decide before? Yeah. Um, and yeah, <sighs> New York was a much bigger place in 1939 <laughs> than Los Angeles. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just keep on thinking about like, the specifics like whose baby carriages were they <laughs> i don't know yeah. i just getting hooked on the the life of them before they had this collision <laughs> i'm just they seem i don't know it seems like it seems like the verdict was correct though i feel like at the end you know would we have felt differently if they were uh not rolling baby carriages full of junk i feel like it's a very sympathetic plaintiff um hmm Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe if, it if was, they were. If it was a brother and sister and they were forcing instead babies to walk against their will. <laughs> and then they got hit. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Bunch of nuns. Mm -hmm. That would be bad. Yeah, a parade of nuns on the Sunrise Highway. <laughs> headed to Mass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. What if a nun was driving the car? I mean, we still haven't figured yeah, out. Yeah, we don't know who's driving the car. Yeah. I mean, it's so, so like the name's not being told. I wonder if it was like a big name, like a Rockefeller or something. <laughs> it's pretty hush hush. I mean, if it's a Rockefeller, then the junkers with their baby carriages hit the pavement <laughs> and good for them. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love this because I was once um, uh, a cop once like whatever did the whole like why are you sitting here what are you doing here I was in a public park uh, and it was like it had just rained so the only place to sit was like in a gazebo it's like everything was wet this was in Washington state everything was wet so I was like oh, I'll just sit uh, there's this gazebo it's in a state park the tiniest little fence like literally a one hood, foot, uh, one foot high fence. I'm like, I'll just step over that and sit on the step right behind that thing. A state trooper came up from nowhere and was like, do you see this sign? And pointed to a sign that was like under the eave. So like you couldn't see it because the 
the slant of the roof essentially covered the sign. He points to the sign that says like no trespassing. And it's like, why are you sitting on this step? I'm gonna, let me see your ID. And he like did a whole like half an hour background check, checking my ID just to like say like, why are you sitting here instead of on like the wet, uh, like sopping wet benches. He's like, why aren't you sitting on that bench? And I'm like, it's wet, everything's wet. Why, Why is this a problem? Oh my and gosh. That felt slightly like that. Well, I, this is, uh, yes, I realize I shouldn't, this is maybe trespassing in a tiny gazebo on public land, but also, come on. Like, what yeah. am I going to sit in the mud just to follow the rule of the law? That's exactly right, man. Breaking the, this is the, the, the case where breaking the law was just fine. Breaking the you law know? was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. It was. I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever had that happen. Nah, I don't know. I don't know if I broke the law and it was good. <laughs> well, now you know the situations in which you yeah. can. Yes. So this is. I mean, I've had it happen like in Target when they actually don't charge me for something and I go home, but then I then I don't say anything. That's breaking the law. But was it good? Yeah, because it's against because it was a big huge corporation. I don't know. Also, is that breaking the law? I guess well, it's it, stealing. It's not no, stealing. It's not stealing. If you have no intent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But if you retain it after the fact, I did. Have, then maybe you maybe uh, that's intent at that point. That's a whole other area of the law. <laughs> this, is, this is torts. That's criminal law. I haven't even got. I haven't even got that with me right now. But that, there's, you know, there's like different. This is levels. law 101, right? This is well, that's, the first that's class. That's a different subject. This is. Tor- oh. So this is accidents and people getting hurt and, you know, injuries. And that's criminal law, like people going to jail and killing people and, you know. Oh, please target people. Don't hear this podcast. I did not know I had two cups. I'm uh, sorry. I just uh, maybe I'll just have uh, have the producer go back and bleep that out. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Jeff, can you put in a bleep right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. Oh man. This this feels like the sidewalk will never end. Like how long have we been walking this? <sighs> Anyways, hold on. Hold on. I've got yeah. I've got my baby carriage. It's filled with small pieces of metal and paper clips that I'm collecting. Hmm. Just little That's sympathy just bu- cards. Oh, that's looks like junk to me. <laughs> Sorry, oh. it does. It looks like junk. Okay. I didn't mean well, to offend you or make you sad. I don't know if there's no non-offensive way to take the phrase that looks like junk. It's my opinion. What 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 would you call it? It's a bunch of mismatched stuff. Yeah, I would call it what. This, uh, this is uh, a metal doll. I could make a little metal friend out of this. And this, why well, I could get 30 cents from it, from, uh, from uh, Mr. McAdoo down on, uh, down uh, off uh, exit 17 off Sunrise. I see it as opportunities. Yeah, you seem really hopeful about this bunch of junk. <laughs> we cut to the shop of Mr. McAdoo. Well, hello there, Timmy. Hello there, Janie. I Hello. see come in with another baby cart that's full of delightful treasures. What have you got for me today? 
Well, we have this, uh, this uh, I call this little pointy guy, uh, Mr. Pointy Stabs. Oh, Mr. Pointy Stabs, he's delightful. I think I'll put him in the front window. What do you mm. want for me, Timmy? Don't twist my arm now. I'll take 30 cents. He's not worth a damn dime over a nickel. I'll give you a nickel for him, Timmy, a nickel. Not a penny more. It's not worth a dime over a nickel? So it's, okay, I guess, it, so you're saying the leeway is between five and 15 cents that we can bargain? Of oh, 14 cents, how about 14 cents? Ah, Timmy, you're a hell of a negotiator. I knew I always liked you. Here's your 14 cents. Now ah. get on with ye. All right, well, we're going to the highway. Yeah. And here you go, boy. Boy, Mr. McPointy is going to do me a lot of good. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Mr. McAdoo. I was walking by and I, uh, I am one of the Rockefellers, the lesser known ones. My name is Ebenezer Rockefeller and um, I am in need of something both pointy and stabby. Well, um, I only have one thing for you. Um, it's this McPointy, um, but it's been put together by a very famous artist. Um, um, his name is Timothy Tim Tim, and it's a, a work of art. You may see it here in my window. Excuse me, excuse me, I'm Gabrielle DuPont and I too want that lovely stick figure and I will double whatever the Rockefellers pay for it. Your move, Ebenezer. Uh, what about me? My name is uh, Mr. Bullion. I invented gold bullion. Ooh, oh and no. I'm also looking for something both pointy and stabby by a famous artist. I will triple whatever anybody else has offered. So you, this is too rich for the Duponts. I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I can't compete about a bullion. Well, it won't take a dime less than a dollar. Uh, so ninety-one cents. Sold. Okay, ninety-one cents. Uh, hold on. Let me see if uh, anybody can break a hundred-dollar bill. I can, chap. I'm. <laughs> I'm here. I'm, I sell newspapers. I can break it. One, Oops. two, three, four, five, six. Seven. We cut to five minutes later. 97, 98, 99. Wait, you don't have 100 then? You've only got $99? Oh, uh, 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 oh, oh, no. oh, my. Two nickels, three nickels, four nickels. That's 20 cents. And then I got a dime. That's 30. The, sho the shop's close. Oh, the shop's Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Maybe next time. We're closed for the day. Goodbye. Uh -huh. Okay, so yeah, man, I did you, did you see anything else in that grocery bag? Because like I I see two apples, and I'm pretty sure I only bought one apple. Run, run. What? Run, run. I, I'm looking at the receipt. It only says it only says one apple, and there are two <gasps> apples in there. Oh my god! I they did they see me in that footage? They have me in that footage in that little self-tech app footage. Oh my god. Oh the coppers. 
They're going to come for me, aren't they? Yes, I believe so. Uh, you're not very helpful. Honey, I'm Here. going... Look, all I know is torts, okay? I don't know criminal law, but I'm pretty sure we are now criminals, okay? Oh, my God. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean for this to happen. I really was just going to realms. I didn't mean for us to be put under this. Oh, we... We have children. I have children to think of. Oh. Hey, we have children. They're both of our children. Okay. Hey, uh, yes, I know that. I'm just. It's but just, they're it's going to have rough. to learn to live life on the run. Okay. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, uh, uh Someone is at the door. No oh, good. <clears throat> Act normal. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm here from Target Security, and we have footage of someone leaving with two apples when they only paid for one. I'm just wondering if you're the person who might have taken two apples and only paid for one in this establishment. Hello, and you look wonderful today, may I say? Thank uh, you. Nice little red security guard outfits. Beautiful. Thank you. Um... <laughs> I got him. I got him. Oh my God. I'm loading a lot of blood emotionally, Babe. but it's oh. not coming out of me physically. What is? I'm in a pool of emotion. He's in a pool of emotion. Okay? okay, I did what I had to do. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was the hottest thing I've ever seen you do. I'm. I swear to God, that's like ah. Okay, I got do the, that. I've got the kids in the Taurus. Okay, let's just get, uh, let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah, let's Sadness, go. Let's go. Misery, joy, anticipation. Oh He's leaking emotion. It's fine. Okay, okay. Oh man. Okay. He's just in a distance. Ugh. Oh my gosh, that was such a rush. Uh -huh. I can't believe now. Oh We're man. More outlaws. We're Bonnie and Clyde. And and, <laughs> and Jason and Marie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. What an example we're turning into. There's a there's a red light. I'm gonna gun it. Gun it! Gun it! Yeah! <laughs> Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Laws mean nothing to us right now. And that's how it starts. You break one law, you've broken them all. Remember to follow the laws. This has been a video from the Law Association. Remember kids, follow laws or that will become you. By the way, we didn't mention, but that couple died. <gasps> oh no. Oh my God. Uh, I'll never steal anything or walk on a sidewalk. That's very delightful, uh, Lila. Thank you for your attentiveness in today's Catholic Sunday School lecture. Now we are going to all walk to church, but unfortunately we're going to have to walk on the wrong side of the road, being as how there's construction on the correct side of the road. Come now, Pitapat. Come, Matthias. Come, Anton. Uh, okay. Okay, here we go. I mean, we're just following an adult, what an adult says, so. In nomine portrait, filet, spiritu santis. Amen. Hey, hey, do you think we should be doing this? I mean, I know the nuns are adults, but this just seems so wrong. The nuns are adults and aren't they, don't they tell, are they connected to God? Can they say what yeah. God's? I feel like if we disagree with them, we are we're disagreeing with God. Okay, okay. But I, I mean, ah, these cars are so... 
Close. Oh. Oh, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That, you got my shoulder in. Oh. You got a rear view mirror right in your shoulder. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, they took the rear view mirror <laughs> out of the middle from the windshield. They just like chucked it out there. They probably... just chucked it at you. Oh. That's awful. Uh, stay to the side of the road. Uh, stay to the side yes. of the road. Yes, sister, we yes, are. What of us, Unum? Santo, like... Santo. Santo, Santo, mucho Santo. Okay. Okay. Man, Latin. But anyway, I mean, it's like she has like the word of God, like right directly to her like don't you think she would have like asked for a bus or something to keep yeah. us safe or a this sunday is... school closer to the church yeah i mean they have that big old cafeteria Ugh. can't they just put oh. us in there oh, oh that was a baby oh. seat they threw oh. a baby seat out of oh you are oh. just getting it all today i'm really yeah oh wait hold on you have on your back, throw something at me. Here. Oh, okay. Well, they did a prank. Okay. Mm. I'm sorry that they all prank you it's in okay. Sunday school. It's the nuns mostly. Yeah. yeah. They can be real B words. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Ow. Oh. Okay, now I'm just getting hit normally yeah. by cars. <laughs> Adverbum day, children, please avoid the alligator pit to the right. Okay. Why is she directing us? We're almost to St. Sacratos. Okay, that that alligator is looking right at me. Yeah. He's not in the pit, though. No. He's just Children, walking. follow the rules and yes. stay to the left of the alligator pit. I know we're breaking the other rule. All right. Oh, There's man. just a lot of layers. Go around like... the alligator pit. Thank God. There's just layers of rules right now. So we have to follow the nuns' rules, which are, 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 are uh, contra yeah. to the United States traffic rules. And also there's an alligator and it says no going into the alligator pit, but the alligator's outside. The alligator has a nun's habit on, so I think maybe we should follow what the alligator wants, too. And don't forget about God's rules. We have yeah. to... Uh, I think... I think... I think we should just not... Just stop thinking and just go with it. I'm tired. There's too much stuff. Too much stuff to think about. <sighs> the alligator charges out of the pit. Roar! Take ah! the small child! Ah! Oh. Oh no. Oh no, the nuns are gonna blame me for this. Oh wait, no. Oh, she had a sign on her back. Eat me. Okay, that explains it. Well, I'm the only kid left out of the 30 who left Sunday school. Are we all, um, sister, Sister, uh, I forget your name. I'm sorry, Sister Julia. I was trying to think. Sister Saint Sulpice. You're a saint. Sister Saint Sulpice. Saint Sulpice is Sulpice. Is that Latin or? You, you're seen through me, children. You know, I was selling your sticky figure down there at the shop and I need you to make more. Oh, no. Come in the back of my workroom right now and I want you to get to work. 
Okay. I need more of your junk figurines. I've got Rockefellers and DuPonts demanding the figurines, and I'm not making much money at 91 cents a pop. Yes, sir. Well, 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 it's me. You may know me. I won the suit while pushing my junk carriage along the street. And you know what that means? I can walk anywhere I want now. <gasps> oh, but this is a this is a museum, and you have to stand in line before you walk in. I'm sorry, you can't just walk into this museum. There, you just passed about fifty people. Oh, I passed about fifty people. So you're yeah. saying I should go in the lane where there were more people, where I could possibly get hit. The government said I should go in the lane where there's not more people, because that's common sense. So guess what? Show me your dinosaurs, because I'm here. Uh, I'm, I'm just an intern, and uh, your mind math is really, uh, but, but it's just human common sense to wait in line, sir. It's only 50 people. Oh, excuse me, sir. I've just come to um, escort you to the torts department. You're in paleontology. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I came to the Museum of Torts. To the Museum of Torts. To the, there you the go, torts sir. Room. All right. Wow, these exhibits are confusing. And Okay, so wait, this is a caveman, and he's been hit by a boulder. And there's, okay, wait, there's like seven paragraphs under this exhibit. <laughs> the boulder at fault is the caveman... Uh, I really should have just gone to the dinosaur museum. I, I, am I the only one here? The torts wing seems. Oh no, I'm here. It's oh. really, it's a lot. Oh, it's so boring. I'm looking at the um, whether penguins should get sued because of the their igloos are both cold and melt and take the environment or something. I don't know. It's really boring. Hello, I'm the docent at the Museum oh. of Torts. Oh, um, you seem to be the first visitors we've had in quite some time. Welcome. Yeah. Can I answer any questions or perhaps show you where the refreshments are located? Um, I guess my first question is, uh, why a Museum of Torts? This is, I mean, this is covered in a layer of dust. It feels like it's been unvisited for a long time. Well, it all started when Tom Girardi ran out of money, uh, mm. things to spend money on, and um, needed a new idea. So it's, that's why it's the Tom Girardi Museum of Torts. I love oh. Real Housewives. <laughs> that's not boring. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the Real Housewives guy? We don't Somebody... talk about any wives. We only talk about torts and Tom Girardi yeah. here. So if you have questions yeah. about torts, Tom Girardi, or where the refreshment stand is located, I'm happy to answer your questions. Yeah, Tom I, I, Girardi. I, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, uh, who, who's Tom Girardi? Well, Tom Girardi is the founder of this museum. He's uh, an Aaron Brockovich dude, right? He's a lawyer. Yeah, Aaron Brockovich. I'm sorry, all of your answers have this like tautological, uh, we asked why there's a museum and you said there's a museum because it's the Tom Girardi Museum, which wasn't an answer. Then we asked who Tom Girardi was. You said it's the founder of the museum you're the docent. Do you have any more information? You know what? How about this? Uh, can I? I'll, I'll take a, a. Where's the refreshment thing? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. It's inside the Museum of Torts. 
Uh, um, okay, well that that tell okay, we are are and oh my god. Do we have to like solve a problem to even get get a soda? I mean It's not I, really about solving the problems, it's the fact reasoning and holding that matter. Okay, I believe right. that the it's, party injured should get compensated no matter what. The end. Can I have a soda? I feel Coca-Cola? like no matter no matter what isn't in the spirit of torts he's and just tort staring laws. At me. Yeah, he is he's staring just intently. Staring at me. Oh wait! Oh, here's the refreshment. Oh, hold on! I got one. Oh, I got a lemonade. Oh, geez. ow! I slipped and ah, oh, my hip. Oh, I saw ah, that. There was like an ice cube on the floor. Oh man! Wow! I think I. I think I broke my hip in the Museum of Torts. Who's at fault here? Oh my gosh. There must be something on some of these plaques about it. Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like I feel like the museum's at fault. But then whoever gave you the the drink might be at fault. Oh my god. I gave I myself the drink. It's a self-serve station. Oh, am I the plaintiff and the defendant? I'm Tom Girardi, and welcome to my museum, the Museum of Torts. If you've been injured in an accident in the Museum of Torts, you could be entitled to compensation. Look, he's in the exhibit behind Girardi, and you can be helped today. If you slipped in a glass of lemonade, if you've slipped in a glass of lemonade, you may be entitled to generous compensation. (gasps) Call my offices. Today, the offices of Tom Girardi. I can be found inside the Museum of Torts. Uh, so when he says call his office, do, do, he probably just means literally yeah. yell, hey, Tom Girardi's offices. Tom. 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 Do you want to come out from behind the glass? Come out from the exhibit? And, yeah, you uh, ain't the Wizard of Oz. Come on, show yourself. Hi, I'm Tom Girardi. You've been injured in an accident inside the Museum of Torch. He's just You've been repeating. entitled to generous compensation. It's just a Call my offices today inside the Museum of Torch. If you uh, spill a glass of lemonade or on a piece of ice, you could be entitled to generous compensation. Call my offices today, found inside the Museum of Torch. Why didn't I visit the dinosaurs? Meanwhile, in the dinosaur museum. (laughs) Welcome to the dinosaur museum. If you've fallen on a piece of ice and hurt yourself, you may be, uh, you may have compensation coming your way. Ask me, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Call our offices at 4,000. What? Do I win anything? You have a broken hip, little girl. You call my offices at 4,500 million years ago BCE. This is, this is just as bad as Tom Girardi. You're just as bad as him. I'm the ancestor to Tom Girardi. I'm the Girardi-saurus. Oh, wow. That's how ancestors work. Wow, the dick gene really lasted long. And today we are studying the dick gene, one of the most elusive genes we have found as we map humanity. It's, mm. We believe that many people have had it and we've found it through looking at 23andMe and other results, that it runs through a very particular type of person. Hey, I got a question, Prof. Um, y- yes, you have the dick gene. 
I can tell already right uh, away. We <laughs> Just by the way tell. you asked that question, you are definitely a carrier, possibly a, what's known as a super carrier. You, if you remember Punnett squares, it's there's a recessive and a dominant genes, right? If you have uh, the dominant gene and a recessive, the dominant comes out. You probably not only have two dominant genes, you probably just have extra dick genes thrown around. Anyways, ask your question. Oh, I also have the dick gene. I can tell now by the way I answered that question. <laughs> I also have the dick gene. Anyways, answer, ask your question. Uh, excuse me, uh, what about me? I am liking to know, do I have this uh, dick gene? The reason is that I am very, very prolific with the women and the women are always coming to me, attraction, attraction, always to me. And I'm just wondering, can I find out if I have this dick gene? I believe what you're referring to is closer to sort of a Pepe Le Pew gene, which we have found, yes, you do have the Pepe Le Pew gene that uh, explains why your last name is Le Pew. Que fantastique! Yes, how fantastic. Uh, speaking of last names, my name is Haley Baldwin. But I Wait, not speaking of last names, you introduced your first name. Okay, continue. So sorry, Haley Baldwin. Okay, I may be dumb, but I feel like I don't have the dick gene, but I'm worried if I have kids, the Baldwin dick gene, like if it passed me, does that mean it'll pass on to my kid or it'll jump over like it jumped over me? Well, often the, uh, the X chromosome contains, uh, uh, much like with male pattern baldness, the X chromosome contains, uh, uh, the dick gene is a defective part of the Y chromosome. So two X chromosomes, it normally doesn't show up. However, you may still pass it on. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, man, indeed. Uh. Oh, indeed. So moving on with the other genes that we have found, we have the Dick gene, the Pepe Le Pew gene. We have, of course, the Professor gene, which mm. is uh, something I have. We have uh, Gene Gray, which is when you are telepathic. That's the telepathic gene. And uh, we have uh, the blue genes. This is just a type of pet. It's unrelated uh, to Excuse genes. me, Professor. Yes, I'm sorry. What? Yes. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. Uh, professor, uh, I just want to, I'm here for my child, okay? <laughs> um, he is brilliant and smart, uh, yet you keep on giving him C's. I don't understand that. My child is an angel, baby. He's so smart. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? Yeah, Sammy's got to play ball. Sammy's yeah. got to play ball. He can't and have don't a say, yeah. He's got to play ball. And don't, don't give me that you have that uh, hover gene because I don't have the hover gene. No, I'm just I'm wondering, like, can he do extra credit? Can he do extra credit? Because yeah. in his other classes, they let him do extra credit because he's got to play ball. He's got to play ball, right? He's got to play ball. The, kid, the kid's going to eat us out of house and home unless he goes play ball. Yeah, and my husband doesn't have the living through his child gene. Like, don't, don't even give us that, okay? Yeah, I'm just wondering, I heard part of your lecture. Do I have the dick gene? You, I, you have the dick gene. I believe your wife has the, what's called the Karen gene. It's a little bit of the hovering gene. Uh, the, look, the look that she's giving me is just a, a saw, da, which is uh, often uh, indicative of this, of this gene. Uh, anyways, the oh, he's got to play ball. He's got to play ball. 
I know. Uh, oh, I just got an email. Uh, the university is shutting down my class because they're describing it as essentially phrenology and that there's no scientific uh, basis. Hmm. Looks like they've got the dick gene. Anyways, look to your left, look to your right. Neither of those people will be playing ball. You all get C's. C, C, C. I'm off to target. Goodbye. That was fun. That was good. It all comes around. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's fun. So this is the part where we force Curtis to um, <clears throat> to reboot improv beat by beat on the fly and break down everything <laughs> that happened in all of that improv right oh. now. <laughs> He's going to conduct a number of interviews with expert improvisers to explain what we just did. That's my favorite part of like taking oh. improv school class is like teachers always do. I'm not ignoring you. I'm just writing notes on my phone. And like their head is just like down the whole time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Improv Beat by Beat. I'm Curtis Weatherford. Today's episode is about this current episode that you just listened to. <laughs> we got 72 different improvisers to talk about uh, what made each scene what it was, but also what made each scene what it wasn't. Coming up first, we've got <laughs> Billy. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, boy. oh my God is Billy's first response. Now you might find that that's the first response of a lot of different improvisers is when they see a scene, they think the scene, is it some sort of God? Now, of course, gods came up in the improv scene. We had, of course, the rules of God. And also we had uh, evolution mentioned, which evolution, as you know, is an affront to God. However, the improv scene was able to combine both of those things at once. Um, now, next up to talk about uh, her choice of characters, uh, we have we have Kathy. Uh, so, Kathy, when you were uh, picking the characters, uh, how how many of them had long hair? How many of them had short hair? Oh, they all had long hair. All of them, long blonde, luxury hair. Perfect. That was a great question by me. I'm so glad that I asked. So <laughs> my next question is like, what would you say when you, when you embody a character, right? Would you say that that character is also an improviser? Hmm. Because you are no. playing to the top. No, but you're playing to the top of your intelligence and you're an improviser. Oh man, I just got stumped real hard. Uh, I never even thought of that. Uh. And getting stumped is part of improv. Sometimes when you are improvising, when you're an improviser, you get stumped. That's part of don't think. Don't think because mm -hmm. if you think, you will get stuck in an endless loop, a paradox, if you will. The same way that they defeated a computer in an episode of Star Trek. And to a lesser degree, the same way they defeated the Borg or possibly were gonna commit a genocide against the Borg in an episode <laughs> of Star Trek Next Generation featuring <laughs> the Borg Hugh. 
Once again, this episode of start of uh, oh, not Star Trek Beat by Beat. I forgot <laughs> this is not my other podcast, Star Trek Beat by Beat. <laughs> Next up, uh, we have once again Billy. Now, uh, Billy, while you're introducing this, you mentioned the difference uh, that there's a difference between tort law and criminal law. Now, um, I so I guess my question is. Why is there a difference? Why isn't there just one law? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I never learned that. Hmm. And so there's you real never estate took, law. There's real estate law. Why isn't it just one law? You never. So you never took meta law, where they ask about the laws above the laws. <laughs> well, I guess you get into uh, the. That's really moral philosophy. Uh, and whether you can trace something to an absolute law and the, the philosophy of law. And really what they, what they train you to do in law school is um, mostly file lawsuits. Interesting. <laughs> they don't so, really teach you why. <laughs> so it's much more of like a Dickensian, we are teaching you how to do this action with no meaning behind it. It is sort of a... Oh, wow. um, almost like a cargo cult, uh, what was it, John Frum style. Uh, we are doing this action because our lawyer predecessors have done this and we go through the ritual without knowing what was behind the first lawsuit. <clears throat> what happens is if you have a reason before you go to law school, it's stripped out of you in about two weeks. <laughs> and that reason is replaced with, I believe, debt? <laughs> debt? Oh my God. And craven lack of concern for people around you. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, man. By the I way, the target was... audience of this podcast is first-year law students. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Improv Beat by Beat. Thank you to, uh, to my 72 guests whose names I will read right now. We had, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> we had, we had Billy, we had Kathy, we had Mr. Girardi. We had, um, we had uh, Dolly Baldwin, Sally Baldwin. We had other Baldwins <laughs> other than the one who was actually a character that you may not remember. We had, of course, Mr. McKee. We had the DuPonts. We had, uh, we had Mr. Bullion. We had, I believe, one or two of the Rockefellers. We had, oh, we had several nuns. We had a crocodile we had oh, a bunch of little scamp kids we had yeah. the the target uh, employee who is currently still dying in a pool of his own emotions we had the family we had their kids jack and marie i believe and we had 30 more characters all of whom were named character a or character b thank you so much remember to donate to my patreon and what's Please. the patreon the Patreon is patreon.com slash give me money. <laughs> one word, give me money. Well, actually, I will take you to the shameless self-promotion part. But first, I actually want to ask you real questions. Um, All right. You know, uh, as, as comedians, improvisers, we, uh, we're really good at being funny sometimes. Yeah but um, less so about laying down the pretense and being real. So I'm gonna ask you guys a couple of questions. I'm gonna start with Kathy. Yeah. All right, what are you yeah. proudest of in your life? I think I'm proudest of the fact that 
um, I'm nice. <laughs> I really am proud of that. I'm proud of like that. I'm an honest, nice person. And like, uh, it, it was really, really tough. Like everyone has like, uh, a crappy childhood sometimes. And I'm just really happy that past me was just kind and nice. So like future me is kind and nice. And so like, if I can get through all the terrible stuff, you know, beforehand and like come out of it and just be like, Oh, if you're just a nice, kind person, that's something to be proud of. That's me. That's cool. Yeah. Kathy, is it cool if I ask, uh, like, was there somebody who like, do you feel like imprinted that on you or was it just like, that's always been your response to things? Well, I think it was like, it's definitely, it's so cheesy to say, but I, I was like, I loved Disney and like Disney and Full House, like growing up, like the stuff I watched on TV, like taught me like be a kind, nice person, even though like my real life was like a mess. So I would literally like follow the rules and I don't know, it just kept me in the imprint to be like, oh, if you're helpful and kind to people, they'll be helpful and kind to you. I like that you actually took the true rules from that as opposed to we see so often like, oh, I love Star Wars. Uh, and I also love fascism. Like, wait, what rule? Did you, <laughs> the, uh, how do you love Star Wars? You're siding with the stormtroopers? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, I'm always curious. I was, I was, uh, I was curious, like, kind of because where people get, I guess, their, their codas for like. Yeah. I know I got it from I mean I know it's a corporation and all but the meeting was it was true you know that's why I feel bad for all the people now with JK Rowling being a mess but mm -hmm. her books are still luckily you have Walt Disney famously <laughs> no, <laughs> not oh, problematic no, at all no, <laughs> no oh, I know that I knew that was coming <laughs> Um, His but yeah, it is so great. It is different. Like I feel like because uh, it's a lot easier to do kind of like the author is dead when quite literally the author and authors yeah. are dead. <laughs> but yeah, with J.K. Rowling, when she's still yeah. out there like spewing transphobic stuff. I know, but all her her writings just like taught something totally different. It's so weird. Anyway, all right, Curtis, <laughs> it's your turn. Oh, yeah. If you could hold on to one memory forever, which would it be? Ooh. These are tough, yeah. Billy. <laughs> well, I had to research on the internet how to be a caring and kind, compassionate, interested person. And so I wrote it down <laughs> on a piece of paper. Here's um, one memory that I have. Is, um, this is obviously it's hard to narrow down to one, but one that just popped to mind was in college. I went to college in... Uh, Olympia, Washington, I mentioned the like state trooper who took me aside and ran my number. <laughs> that was at Olympia, Washington, uh, actually in the same park where uh, in Borat 2, when there's like a, there's like a pro gun anti-COVID uh, riot. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but there's a big demonstration that takes place in Olympia. It's in that park. Anyway, oh. um, uh, in college, I went to go visit some family friends that lived in Bend, Oregon. 
And to get down there, I would like take the train down to Salem where our family friend who was like a state trooper would work. And then he would drive from there, pick me up and then drive me to his place in Bend. And so that way it's like, oh, if I had a week off uh, because my family was in Germany at the time, it's like, oh, we could, I could spend the time there, you know, that sort of thing. And one of the memories I have was like him driving me back to Salem to catch the, catch the train. And it was one of those just like, it was late at night or early in the morning, I'm going to say like 5am, 4am, something like that. And we were just kind of coming over a hill and the, uh, the sun was kind of coming up and he was listening to the radio. And I, I don't really know how to say his name, but is, uh, Israel Kamakaweli, I think the, uh, the, the Hawaiian, uh, uh, singer and, and musician, his like, uh, over the rainbow came on and what a wonderful world. And I'd never heard it before. Like this was like 2000 and two 2001 or something like that and just kind of like listening to that song driving like through Oregon and just seeing the sunrise and over the trees was just one of those like it just kind of hit me just like oh yeah this is yeah that's kind of what it's all about at some level like these moments that we get that are just um kind of transcendent yeah Yeah. Yeah. there's a there's a, oh, I was just gonna, there's a Harlan Ellison short story where it's like you have the ability to find what your most important memory is or something like that. Uh, and it becomes very loaded because this one guy finds out what it is. And it's basically like, oh, the greatest moment in your life that ever will be and ever was, was when he was like in fourth grade and he caught a, a ball in, uh, in a, like a little league <laughs> game. And oh, it was man. just kind of like this realization of like, oh, that's the best I will ever have. And also, well, that's the best I will ever have. Oh, wow. that's great that's really that's right do you remember the t- what was the title of the story i don't um yeah i don't okay well maybe i'll <clears throat> research it and put it in the show notes for the uh, super fans we have one super fan in russia so oh wow yeah that's awesome yeah. hello um hello russia okay what's the most important lesson you've learned in your life uh th- uh that's easy it's just just be you um because I, I actually and even when it was fading a little bit that like, just be, just be who you are. Um, when I got improv, like it kind of brought it back in my head because when you're just you, like, and not trying to come up with a huge convoluted, whatever, the comedy flows better. And it's like, in any situation, it's kind of like, it's always, and I always hear that, like, you know, when you first meet people, you're a little standoffish and then like they go oh my gosh like weeks later like Kathy you're so fun I'm like oh because I'm just being me you know so just be you just be you people Curtis what's uh what's a most important lesson you've learned probably that you you this is going to sound obvious but you get better by working at things I know that seems very obvious but especially like I think a lot of us were raised with this idea of like, oh, you're good at things or you're not good at things. You're smart or you're not. You are a musician or you're not. I just could never be a musician. I don't have the talent. Oh, I can't do X, Y, or Z. I just don't have it. And kind of realizing that like, oh, their talent does have uh, a, a does can like sway the needle a little bit in terms of your ability at something obviously but that it is not the overwhelming part like uh i'm also like an artist like i draw and and i used to like paint and and do kind of like a a brush and ink and that sort of stuff and people are always like oh i'm so jealous i wish i could draw and it's 
it, it, it's kind of like saying, I wish I could do a puzzle, but you know, like I, I can't just put the pieces together. Like, it's like, well, I spent the time to do this. That's why there's a completed puzzle. That's why I know how to draw that. Like I spent a lot of time <laughs> and did it and then I got better. And I, I don't think I'm, I'm actually not very talented at it, but I got pretty good at it. I think maybe talent would have helped me at the beginning and can kind of help you at the end to push you, you know, if you're trying to be whatever the greatest or, you know, one of the top 1% rather than in the top 10% of artists. But um, yeah, that just our brains are very, very malleable and we are able to learn a lot more than we kind of assume that we are. Yeah, my, my wife's a neuroscientist and she says it's the Hebbian notion the neurons that fire together wire together. The Hebbian notion? Hebbian notion, named after a, uh-huh. a, a scientist named. Okay. I like that. Hebs. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, that if, they, if you, and basically that you, tra- you can train your brain to do just about anything. Yeah. So. Except exercise. Like I've tried that off and on. I've tried to train my brain to be like, you love exercising. And it goes, nope, every time. <laughs> but I think that's slightly. I guess it's slightly different, right? You're like learning. Can I learn to love something? Well, I mean, I guess, you know, that's a bit more loaded, but (laughs) you could learn to like become better at X, Y, or Z exercise. Like in the past couple of years, I've gotten very into like rock climbing and it was like, oh, I'm not great at this at first, but it's nice to see everybody else go through the same learning curve, essentially. Like some people can pick it up very quickly, especially like yeah, they're, they're just some people who are just like built for it in a way that their brains will just like, oh, I know how to shift my body, but that everybody still has to travel through the same, working their way up through these yeah. particular types of problems. No, you, you so you might not be able to just say like, I will yeah. always exercise, or sometimes it's like, maybe it just takes more. Like, oh, I tried yeah. to draw three times and I didn't become an artist. I guess I can't draw, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing too on on exercising and habit formation, um, uh, my uh, very smart wife says that you, um, <clears throat> if you choose exercise that you enjoy, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, and you make it a habit, that you can develop the habit over time. And it's not twenty one days either; it depends on what you're learning. But but mm-hmm. uh, so just making it a habit. I'll, I'll Life have to tips. Try. Life exactly. tips on laying down We're the learning law. so much. <laughs> um, so my last question to both of you is my favorite question to ask every, every guest, which is what is it that you or who, what is it or who that you are grateful for? Family. I'm grateful for, I have really, I have two good cousins. They have two awesome husbands and I have an awesome godmother. And um, it's, I know it's always like the easy answer, but I'm just, Thank God, like they helped me so much. And especially with through COVID and stuff, I'm grateful. My answer is going to be books, just because like, well, I guess like in the broader civilization sense, I'm glad that there exists a way that I can read the words of a 19th century agnostic or a first century philosopher or, you know, like whatever. Um, but also just like, uh, my dad was in the army, so we moved around a lot. And the the first, like, you know, going to a new school the first couple of weeks, all of that stuff, you're meeting new people, that's always tough. But it's, it's always been nice to be able to, like, oh, I can um, 
find a refuge in books. Like uh, a lot of my uh, very close friends are from, we had a book club uh, through like a bunch of UCB people and some other people that's still going like six or seven years later. That like oh, wow. all of those things, like it's, I don't think books in and of themselves are particularly like ennobling or like people are like, well, you should read more. You'll be smarter. Like there are people who read all the time who are morons, right? It's obviously- as the dick team. As the dick team, <laughs> that's just how it is. I got it. Um, but that the fact that there is something where it's like, oh, you can pick up, uh, you can pick up a book and kind of have this like, sometimes just like a window into empathy. I'm reading, uh, I'm a big Ursula Le Guin fan and she, I'd never read her Earthsea series and I'm reading that right mm -hmm. now. And it's like, oh yeah, in whatever genre, there's just kind of this, um, this patience and empathy that she has into humanity that like, oh, it's amazing that now this person who is now dead, I can still have part of that. That's really, really uh, great answers from both of you. I really appreciate that. Now is the part I like to call shameless self-promotion. So um, if you can each just let us know, where can people find you on the internet? What do you have coming up? Obviously there's no live shows right now, but but where, where if people are like, can't get enough of Kathy Eller or Curtis Rutherford, where do they get it? Kathy, do you wanna? I'll go, cause mine's just short. <laughs> um, I have a podcast I love um, that has three seasons. is um, uh, Super Squirrel Conversations at squirrel underscore combo you can follow it there um and my other new podcast has a date it's coming out january 22nd 2021 that's a friday and it's uh it's about a podcast about two clueless rich people giving advice to other clueless people so that's me so follow me at at squirrel underscore combo and Kathy, with the sorry, can I ask with the squirrel uh, pitch? What's what's the Super Squirrel podcast? Oh, Super Squirrel covers. Uh, it was about uh, it was Acorn and Tail, who were both Op Oprah and Gail. And each week we uh, interviewed a new uh, animal from our little life. It's basically we stole Comedy Bang Bang and made it about squirrels. Sure. <laughs> it's like Comedy Bang Bang and Oprah. <laughs> Cool. So like each week it's like a new character. Yeah, characters. yeah. Oh, great. Um, cool. And then the new one is kind of the same thing with uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> socialites. That's great. Uh, who else Who else does it with you? Or is it um, Kristen Lucas. Uh, she's awesome. She was in New York and now she's uh, in LA. She uh, has pinup squirrels and she had hosted uh, the Inner Sanctum show, uh, mm -hmm. Sketch Slam at UCB. Um and also we had, we had Monica Smith um, as a guest uh, and her episode is like hilarious. And it was just an honor. She's a, she's a great coach. So it was an honor to have her on. Cool. So that's like the place I should start. Yeah. Out, is the Monica <laughs> yeah. Smith episode. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, so yeah, I've got, I've got uh, improv beat by beat, which I, in a very meta way already plugged, uh, which uh, <laughs> Billy already kind of explained. If you're an improviser, it's a, um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it now as like almost like an oral textbook for improv. Like, oh, here are, uh, at the time it was a bunch of UCB New York comedians or mostly UCB New York comedians. Um, and I've expanded it a bit. I started recording more people here in, uh, out in LA once I moved out here. And then 
COVID hit and uh, all improv essentially more or less <laughs> stopped and I've kind of, I'm waiting to figure out what the next step is with improv beat by beat, but there will be probably more steps, but so you can go to that. It's at uh, curtisrutherford.com slash improv. Um, also, I, like you mentioned, I write stuff. So you can, if you go to curtisrutherford.com, there's a lot of links to that there, uh, or you can follow me on pretty much anything except for parlor, I guess. At <laughs> <Curtis>. <laughs> uh, that's it. Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's all the promotion I have. Cause yeah, when there's shows, my, my UCB LA Herald team ghost may or not, may or may not still exist if improv and or UCB still exists. Uh, we'll see. So your, your name on everything, like it's your name. Yeah. It's actually Curtis. So I'll just do like, yeah. Oh, actually Curtis. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I wanted, uh, uh, something that sounds like people are correcting me. <laughs> actually curtis this is what instagram is oh that's perfect let's roll the credits laying down the law is a product of beyond unreasonable doubt produced by jeffrey feitner and verboten productions our music is galactic damages by jingle punk cover art courtesy of the mighty q i want to thank all of our listeners and if you are enjoying the show please tell a friend subscribe write a review leave us a rating five stars please it really helps us reach more ears. And please feel free to tweet me at Max Hedrum-esque with questions, comments, or suggestions. I'm your host, Billy DeClerc, AKA Max Hedrum Esquire. And I'm as aggressive as a Cocker Spaniel cornering the mailman. Thank you. And that's our show. Thank you very much, Curtis and Kathy.